Hey, and welcome to the final episode of season two of Why Does It Matter? Uh, I'm Lee, I'm joined by Aaron. And in this series, we've been speaking about evangelism uh, and mission and the difference between the two and why it's important for us as followers of Jesus to share our faith. And as we draw to the end of this season, if you've enjoyed it or if it's been thought-provoking, why don't you head on to where you subscribe to your podcast and uh, like us or give us a review in some way. Uh, not because we kind of want to particularly be bigged up from this, but if you think it's worth listening to, it'd be great for other people to get to listen to it as well. Today we're going to be uh, drawing to a close our thoughts on mission and evangelism uh, by thinking about what is the gospel and how do we share the gospel uh, with those who are interested. When we come to Christ, we are what we call born again. That means that, that God almost clothes us in what he calls his righteousness. So it means simply that he no longer sees our wrongdoings, our sins, our crimes. We are righteous, which means good. We are good in his eyes. Yeah, so in the, the last few weeks, I, I've been uh, really excited by it all, been learning quite a lot because, as we've said, we're two very different people. I'm somebody who, who, who loves um, direct evangelism. You're someone who is very mission-focused and, and you're very good with people and, and interaction and, and the way in which you uh, live. And, and it's been good to, to discuss these things, learn from each other and, and see how, how each kind of way works. But focusing on how there are differences, there still are similarities in how they work together and they shouldn't be uh, apart from each other. Um, but there always comes down, uh, whether you're doing direct evangelism, you're going on the streets and talking to the people, or whether you're doing mission and it's very much transformational and, and uh, we talked last week how, how long technically it could eventually take and, and how much patience we need. There always still comes to a point in both ways telling the gospel doesn't it it's all about invitation isn't it and and we we said a few weeks ago that by definition evangelism is invitational it's always looking for an invited response so evangelism is an invitation to respond to the good news of jesus christ whereas mission is seeking to be invitational into the kingdom it's about the bigger picture of the kingdom uh, but so that it's not just simply good works and being a nice person in mission we're, we're seeking for an invitation uh, for people to hear the gospel so evangelism is a response an invitation to respond to the gospel mission is an invitation to hear the gospel yeah and and so it, it comes to a point where um you, you may have had the opportunity to uh, whether invite somebody uh, to come to an event um, to, to come to church, uh, to be able to, to listen to, to what it is that you believe. Um, you may even go home and they ask you a few questions, like, can you explain this um, for me? Or, or even um, in the case of, of being direct, um, you, you've just told them that they're sinners and <laughs> they're, they're confused and they have no idea um, what to do next. And they ask you the question that the young, rich man ruler uh, asks, uh, what must I do mm. to gain eternal life now how do you respond uh, to that and it'd be great for us to go through the different thing the different um, patterns illustrations maybe um how we present the gospel yeah i think that'd be really good because i i think this is where the rubber hits the road yeah and i think this is the point where we we risk 
being afraid. So we might have all the tools, we might have all the stuff there, but when someone says to us, caught off guard, why, you know, you're a Christian, why is it you believe what you do? And this is the moment when if we're not prepared, we can go, actually, I don't know. So just to draw us back to that verse we we looked at um, last week, uh, and the week before, actually, uh, 1 Peter 3, verse 15, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so the key thing for us here is being prepared. If we're going to live a missional life, um, I'm assuming that if you're an evangelist, you, you kind of have this stuff kind of in your mind anyway. But for those just like me, you're more missional kind of in, in terms of you're not a direct evangelist. For, for people who are more like me, we need to be prepared. We need to know what it is that we can say so that in the spare of the moment, when someone asks a question, we don't stumble over our words and, uh, and, and give a really nice answer about religion, but really forget to talk about the gospel. Yeah, 100%. And that's actually like the main thing I I learn. Each time I want to go out and, and, and onto the street uh, to, to share the gospel or um, speaking to, to individuals, I, I won't memorize anything else. Everything else is going to be really um, unpredictable. Different topics will come up and, and that's why it's it, it can be hard, you know, but the one thing I do learn and memorize each time I go out, um, I learn how I want to present the gospel okay. in a way that um, will relate to them, uh, that will help them understand um, better. And, uh, and I'll um, memorize it in my head. And, and sometimes I still have that, but it's good just to, to get it in the brain so it's not robotic, but we are prepared. Mm. That's the point. That's a key thing. So, I'm interested how you make sure it's not robotic, but you, I mean, this is this is your area. This is what you're great at. So why don't you talk us through a little bit of um, what you do? So for people who, who kind of may have no idea how to do this, we could pinch what you do here. You know, tell us what, what it is that, that you do. Yeah, that's fine. I, I pinch it from so many other people anyway. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we're all going to steal from each other. That's the joy of being Christians, isn't it? Uh, hopefully nobody will sue me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I uh, take a lot of my stuff that I know uh, from living waters uh, run by uh, a guy called ray comfort um, it's a, a great ministry um and uh, they're, they're out there in america and and they um uh, present the, the gospel in, in such a way that that it challenged me and, and it helped me in the way in which i share the gospel and i have looked at different other evangelists and and i've um, kind of took different ideas from each of them and i put it together and how i would love the main points coming out of the of the gospel and how to present it and then what I did is I changed it into my own words, my own language, what I like to use, so that it, it becomes more flowing for me. So it's my language. Um, a, a Scouse is very different to an American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then also um, I, I'll just read through it and not necessarily um, memorize it word for word, but just the main points, making sure I know um, what I want um, to to be heard and what to be understood. So, what are some what are some of the things that are in there for you then? So, I use mainly two big illustrations. The first one is the court analogy. Um, as you know, we we went through the direct evangelism um, podcast the other week, and and we revealed to them that they were sinners and basically criminals because they'd broken a, a law. So, I would use the court analogy as a, a huge illustration of presenting how the gospel works 
works of and and use language of you and I because mm-hmm. it makes it personal to them, but also the fact that I'm going through just the same thing as they are as well. That's great. That's a great relatable thing there. So it's a great little nugget there. So use the language of you and I, not yes. the language of you. Yeah. Which again, maybe is one of our reasons why we've been put off evangelism is because we see the street preacher with their megaphone shouting, you are yeah. you know, a sinner. It's that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so I'll say something like, you and I have broke uh, the law, the Ten Commandments, which we have, have gone through. And I paint this picture of God being the, the judge, not just not just a judge, the judge, the ultimate judge who, who will judge us all for, for these um, uh, laws that he's put in place. Now, if he is to look on your life now, uh, you would go to prison. And God's prison is what we call hell. But it's... Hell is is God's prison without parole. There's no way out. Uh, it is is eternal, and it's something that we should fear. It's something that we we don't want to go to at all. Hell, hell is not this um, imaginary nice place where we're, we're going to see our best friends. We're, we're going to rock and roll, kind of. Uh, you know that picture that people the world presents hell as as being actually a nice place but it's not it's something that we 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 don't uh, desire and we are the these criminals we're about to to go in front of the judge and and um be um sentenced to the crime we we have committed but two thousand years ago is is what might sound familiar to you a man called jesus came down and he actually paid the fine. That was the whole point of him coming, was that he paid the fine for your sins. And legally, when we're in a court case, if somebody pays your fine, the judge has to say, well, your fine's been paid, so you you get to go free. And that's what happens to us. We've committed those crimes that we went through, but because somebody's paid the fine, we don't have to. And, and we have to, um, we can go free. Jesus legally dismisses, uh, God legally dismisses our case because our, our fine has been paid. And now it comes down to to how do we trust? How do we get Jesus to pay our fine? And and it's all about trust and and how uh, we we look to Jesus. How um that 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 repentance we talk about that one eighty turn uh, from sin to to Jesus. And um we we I explain it in some ways using a bit of Christianese, saying when we come to Christ, we are what we call born again. We're we're made anew. Um and and that means that that God almost clothes us in what he calls his righteousness so it means simply that he no longer sees our wrongdoings our sins our crimes we are righteous which means good we are good in his eyes uh, because he he's clothed us in that so we are no longer needing to pay any fine we are completely dismissed but how do we trust jesus and then it comes to the second analogy of the jumping um off the plane with a parachute is is how, how do you um trust in the parachute will save you because you don't trust that your your arms are going to flap so much that you end up flying do you you trust in the parachute that that will save you because that alone will save you nothing else and it's the same with jesus christ you cannot save yourself you've already committed the crime you're already guilty of it but jesus can pay that fine for you so if you trust that he can save you him alone that's the way to to salvation um and and then ask them the question so so where would you go if you died today what are you going to do about it and challenge them that way Mm. just really interesting thing to pick up on what why do you use christian language in the middle of it because sometimes we might say to avoid you know people don't understand what the concept of sin or whatever may be just have interest why do you use that kind of language there 
sometimes it can be familiar to people and they've heard it again. If you um, ask someone, um, are you a Christian? Um, they say, yes, I'm born again. And it's because they've heard that term before. They may not even be a Christian, but because they've heard that term and, okay. and trying to unpack what it might mean and why people use those different words and stuff like righteousness, they're not going to... to understand as well and it's good to maybe sometimes flick in these words not always but 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 just to to refer to them so they can have the i guess a bigger picture of what it means and i suppose if someone said what is that i suppose it gives the opportunity to unpack that a little bit yes. further as to what it means yeah exactly yeah and, and that's always good isn't it because yeah. it shows there a bit of intrigue there as well okay so crunch time moment so you've you've done that you've you've worked hard at kind of making sure you know what you're going to say there Someone answers the question. They say, "I, I want to know Jesus. I, I want to be a Jesus follower. How how do I do that? What do you, what do you do next?" So I, I say to them, "Well, it's amazing that you've said that. <laughs> I, I'd I'd be so ama- I'd be so excited for them. I'd show them love. You know, I, I'd be really happy for them and and reassure them that that's a good thing because today is the day of salvation. Uh, it's not to be to be waited for the next day. We have no idea." Um, where we will be t- tomorrow um, and what I, I like to do with them because um, I don't like to force a commitment on them because I want to make sure it's true of their heart so I will pray with them um, and and I'll, I'll pray that that they would trust in, in Jesus that they, it would be a, a wholehearted um, um, decision to, to follow Christ and, and that it would be something that's personal to them and something that's true and and pray into maybe the words, the language that I use just with them so it's familiar with them as well, that they would trust in Jesus like the parachute, that they would um, realise that their sins are forgiven like they're, they, they're criminal um, in a court case, that their fine has been paid and I'll pray into that and then um, obviously I'll encourage them, invite them to a few things so that I'm continually with them and, and being able to disciple them in that way ongoingly. Okay, cool. It's really, really helpful. Anyway, I guess for me, I'm a preacher, so the thing that I find really interesting is that you've memorized something there, that you've got something that you want to say, and it's in some ways it's not just conversational, but you've, you've pre-prepared it. Yeah. And I suppose maybe that's something we can overlook. We would assume that someone who's going to stand on a platform has put some work in and whether they've memorized or however you know whatever it may be they know what they're going to do they know what they're going to say mm. but you're saying that even conversationally you've got something there that is kind of in your mind so that you kind of know where you're going to go should you get that moment where someone is interested in, in hearing a little bit more one of the things with i suppose incarnational mission is you, you you may get the opportunity to be sitting with someone and they ask you a question so you may have the opportunity to open your bible uh, with them and point them to a few verses it may be that there's certain verses that come to mind. And the ones that I would use, particularly preaching as well, actually, is is a couple of verses in Romans. So, uh, uh, you know, I would sometimes, interesting you said about using the language of you and I, that, you know, this isn't an elitist thing here, but actually the Bible tells us this, and um, that all have sinned mm. and fall short of the glory of God, which is Romans 3, verse 23. Mm. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means every single person in the world uh, hasn't met the standard that that god would require yeah um but it has this funny word sin in it so what does sin mean unpack a little bit about what that means not not meeting the mark whatever it may be however you want to unpack that um but let's actually do you know what sometimes people outside the church think that you know church is full of good people 
And the outside world is full of sinners. And people hmm. sometimes say, well, I'm not good enough to go to the church. Well, no, actually, all of us in the church recognize we're not good enough because all have sinned and foresaw of the glory of God. But let me tell you this. Sin doesn't make you bad. Hmm. And then leave a nice little pregnant pause and people are like, oh, really? <laughs> Sin doesn't make you bad. Sin makes you dead. Sin makes you dead, spiritually dead, because Romans 6 verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what does that mean? It means that well, when we recognize that all of us have got things wrong, that all of us haven't met the mark, that actually for all of us, the wages, what we earn from that is, is spiritually that we're dead. But actually there's a gift of God when we recognize this, we can recognize something else. Romans 5 verse 8 says that while we were still sinners, when we recognized it, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And there's an opportunity to explain a little bit about that. Um, and then there's a, I might then sometimes look at uh, Revelation 3 verse 20. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I will eat with them and they with me. Or maybe Romans 10 verse 13, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So a couple of little verses there, uh, which scripturally is helpful. I mean, what you might want to do is is have those verses written down somewhere or memorize those verses or have that kind of as a little pattern to go through. And I found that something, you know, that can particularly, you know, from a platform moment or sat down with somebody with a Bible to walk through. Uh, I mean, that's one way that you could use that as well. Yeah, I, I like that, especially the the fact that you say sin doesn't make you bad, it makes you dead, is it, understanding um, more of the implications of what sin actually does to you, um, because that that is one thing um, that is, um, I guess, a problem with evangelism, is that people think calling you somebody a sinner is an accusation, uh, rather than being a, a result of, of something, an implication uh, of something that could happen in the future eternally. Um, so it probably hits the mark a lot better there and it hits it on the nail right there. Yeah, and Lawrence Singlehurst um, wrote a great little Grove booklet and around evangelism. He talks about, you know, we often talk about the good news, but we don't always focus on the bad news. Mm. Uh, and sometimes, and be, let's be honest, maybe the church has gone too far the other way in years that have gone by. Um, but we do need the balance of that, actually. Oh, yeah. well, you know, we, we are saved, but we're saved from something, and we're also saved for something as well. So we're looking back, and we're looking now, and we're looking ahead as well. So we're saved from a, a life that hasn't been lived uh, in the right way before God. We are saved now in this moment through Jesus, and his Holy Spirit can come and fill you right now. But we are also saved for something because, because God has plans for your life, and, and, and God has a future for you. Mm, yeah, I like that, and under yeah, because you understand what then sin means and and is the result of and yeah. and stuff. Because with this day and age, this culture accusations are is quite serious nowadays, and and you can be really really um cancel the cancel culture um for for saying something like that, and and it's good to explain it in the right yeah, way. Yeah, we're safe from and we're safe to. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's helpful and 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 more personal as well. And then, as you said, um, I how i use the you and i it's good to relate it to all of us you know it's not just them it, it is all of us we're all going through this problem and and there's a way in which to yeah um to to have salvation from that and it's incredible isn't it that the god of the universe stepped down from highest heaven to lowest mm. earth to bring us from the lowest to be with him in the highest you know that he came jesus christ and he died upon the cross and he took upon himself everything mm. that we've ever done wrong and ever will do wrong uh, and he rose again 
uh, and he's alive and we can be alive because he is alive and he's transforming and renewing the the whole world until a day when we're united with uh, with God and a new heaven and a new earth this is amazing good news yeah. amazing good news what a privilege we have to, to carry this story yeah mate you're um you're more of an evangelist uh, than me by nature why don't you pray for us that we might be bolder uh, in doing some of this stuff okay let us pray Dear God, thank you uh, for this whole season looking uh, at evangelism and, and how um, the ways in which we can do it um, evangelistically, missionally, um, the, the ways in which we, we do it with words and do it with actions. And I pray, Lord, that our lives would display both, that we would go out into this world, into the culture that we're placed in, whether that is our city, our town, our village, our home, Lord, where our family are. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength, the ability, the knowledge and understanding to be able to live that out in our lives, um, in our in our deeds, in our actions, in our speech, Lord. Uh, and I pray that we would be faithful witnesses of your gospel. In Jesus' precious name, amen.